Greetings, friends. Thanks for listening to the podcast, What's So Funny? What's So Funny is produced by MNArtist.org. Go to MNArtist.org to see past episodes and a lot of other cool stuff. I'm your host, Levi Weinhagen. You can find me on Twitter at that Levi. And this is my conversation with comedian, video maker, comedy rap duo person, and general all-around funny guy, Chris Knudsen. Really enjoyed talking to Chris. You can see him do work with Valley Meadows. That's his comedy rap group. He is a stand-up comedian. He has some wonderful online videos that he's made. All kinds of good stuff. Go check out that stuff. Look up Chris Knudsen. And now enjoy my conversation with Chris. So first I'll say I'm talking to Chris Knudsen. It's Knudsen, right? Yeah. Not Knudsen or anything. There's no, Knudsen, no yeah. trick. I have, uh, I have a friend who's a... Like English major says, he keeps telling me it's no, it's it's Newton, it's Newton. The K is silent, right? But I, my argument to that is like it's whatever the hell I want it to be. Like my ancestors said Knutson. You know, yeah. If they, if they pronounce it like Morfgaf, then that's what that's how I would do it. Yeah. You know. Well, do you kind it's of? A, if it's a name. Names are made up to begin with. You know. Right. That's sort of. That's, so anyway, is anything you, real? Do you kind of wish that it had been Warfnoff like that? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. And then I can be like, the K is still silent. <laughs> but all that other stuff <laughs> makes different noises, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you're hard to just be like, because I could say you're a comic, but like mm-hmm. you've had a, you have a, a comedy rap group. Yeah. Uh, you make comedy video, which is in a wide range of stuff. You know, like it's a lot of it is like essentially sketch on film or yeah. on video. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you're shooting on film yeah, all that film, much. Not anymore. <laughs> um, but you also do stand-up. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. You do a lot of that. But then you also are an actor who will be in stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Do you have, like... Do you think of yourself as a stand-up comic? Or what is your... Um, I, I, I did um, up until, you know, recently, because that's what I was primarily doing, is just... <laughs> I mean, to be, like, a stand-up comedian, I think it, it takes so much work. It's just, it's the type of thing that you have to do, you know, a few times a week. You have to constantly be trying out new material. And I've sort of taken a step back from from sort of doing it every night to, um, I don't know, just kind of focusing more on video, but also when I, when I do it, I write it more like a sketch. Hmm. So now I'll go up and do stand up as a character or I'll write a four minute bit you know that that doesn't really need to be worked on because it's it's you know it's more of a sketch format right but but the character is a stand-up comic (laughs) who a lot of times is just me yeah 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 Yeah. um but you're adding a little is that a layer of distance or what what is when you're thinking that I'm doing the character of a stand-up comic mm -hmm. Does that push you away from the work, or does it just change your relationship to the... It's Well, it's just more fun for me. Hmm. Um, I mean, I, I can definitely... I have a lot of material that's, um, like, you know, very revealing and dark, you know, from my, my personal point of view. And I love doing that. I love sort of, like, exposing or, you know, try, trying to relate with an audience about something that, that they might be embarrassed or ashamed about. You know mm-hmm. that I can I can try and say like hey this is here are my faults yeah um, you're so you're confessing in a way where it's sort of because it's funny it's a, right hey it's okay you're not a freak right 
Right. I mean, I love that, and I think that's a real personal approach. But, yeah, it, it does... There's distance when you do a character, but, like I said, I mean, really it just comes down to it's so... It's fun. It's Because a lot of times you can convince the audience that it's not a character. Hmm. Then I think the reaction you get is is rare, you know? They They really think that someone's up there having a horrible set or, you know, whatever that is. And, and to me, that audience reaction is just, it's pure. You know, there isn't, they, they're really, they, you know, like you said, sometimes when people are laughing, maybe they're, maybe they're laughing a little louder than they really yeah. think it's funny or, you know, whatever that is. is. Or, sympathy or, they, or something. Right, right. Or they appreciate it, so they make a certain amount of noise, but they don't necessarily laugh. Hmm. But when I, when I think you present something that... You can convince them is 100% real, you know, from a character, a character that you've made up. I think you get, the reaction you get is, uh, is just different. It feels, it feels amazing. You know, it feels great to see an audience member go, oh my God, what's that guy doing up there? Um, it's funny, I, you know, there's this idea with comedy, and I think particularly stand-up comedy, of the more specific, somehow it becomes more universal. You know, like if you mm-hmm. name a specific brand of a thing... Mm-hmm. That's going to be more powerful than broader and more generic in your your bit, right? Um, but the, you're you're describing sort of this slight bit of deception, but that actually helps you get at a more even more honest place. Yeah, like you're getting at something even more true by having a bit of a character put onto it. Right? Are you? And it sounds like you're fairly aware that that's happening. Like, is that let you? Does that give you more freedom to to get at something that's actually really real? Yeah, I, I think I think it does. I don't know. There's so much that's like that's expected in stand up. There's so much that which makes it beautiful. Like it's 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 something where you know the audience their expectation is to laugh. Mm-hmm. They they know that that that's what you're trying to do, and so. But when, but when you kind of mess with that a little bit, when you, when you go up there as a character who isn't making them laugh or, you know, just change your, change the rhythm of stand-up a little bit, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you get a little... A so little you're changing honest. their expectations in a way. Like, yeah. you're, you're yeah. making them forget they came here to see laughter and they're instead... Right, yeah. They're having a different feeling than they right. thought they would. But, but ideally, they still end up laughing. Right. In, in a real, you know, like... In a real deep way, but not because oh this guy really put on a great performance, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it might be because of something else. I don't know. I guess it's like uh, performers do this all the time. I mean, like you know, like a lot of magicians are really great at this. Like to you know make you believe that the that the trick didn't go right. You know, mm-hmm. that, like that's something that when that first happened, like with Houdini. You know what I mean? Like when he or maybe his peers would would fake, you know, a disaster. Or mm-hmm. When that was new, yeah. the reaction they got from the audience was as real as it gets because they really thought, oh, my God, this this trick is going horrible. Yeah. Um, well, there, I'm like, yeah. it's funny you mentioned Houdini. I, do you know that I'm a magic nerd? Uh, no. So, he, you know, he did a lot of water tank escapes. Yeah. And they would put it behind a screen, 
And then they would have a clock running right. of like how long it yeah. would take. And they're like, he only can hold his breath for like three minutes, which is amazing anyways. Right. And then it would go like 20 minutes and the theater would be, cr- people would be like, get, get him out of <laughs> yes. there. And like, he's fine. He's, you know, out of the way away. Yeah. And it was all just to build up that like, and then when he'd come out, they'd be like, hooray. And way bigger than if he had just, he did the same thing. He escaped from the tank. That's all he yeah. did. But he yeah. added all that other stuff. Yeah. I know it's like packaging, it's salesmanship almost of like and yeah. changing their expectation. Like it Yeah. It's sleight of hand. You know, yeah, right? exactly. It is. It, I don't know. It, I mean th- they were legitimately fearful at that moment. You know what I mean? Like you can't idea, yeah. you can't how else can you create that, you know, on stage to get like legitimate fear out of someone? Like yeah. that's insane. That's awesome, you know. But yeah, so I think like doing that always looking for like new angles and, and you know, trying to give them something unexpected, mm-hmm. you know, which, by the way, doesn't always work. <laughs> I, I'm saying this like I go up on stage and do it every time, and I well, don't, you know, like, but I, I like to try to, you know. Right. Because, I mean, you must encounter, well, I'm curious how you think about it when you're writing a thing, you know, do you write a four-minute piece and, and just write it as a sketch, and are you thinking the whole time? this is how the, my character's relationship to this piece. Or are you just writing a sketch and then you'll kind of figure out then um, the character's delivering the piece that you wrote? Well, it's usually... Like, what is your... Well, be, what I normally do is do, like, a, a character who is doing stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. So it's... Um, so you're writing a script. Of stand-up, right. But, but from the point of view of someone who doesn't really know how to do stand-up. So, yeah, most of the time. Right. I mean, they could, and that's something I'd like. I'd like to. That's kind of like the ultimate challenge. Is if I could write a character who does know how to do stand up, but also there's, you know, there's more to it. Because um, writing writing a character who doesn't know how to do stand up is actually it's pretty easy. You know, right? To, just, yeah, he's up there and he's doing horrible. Don't do it right. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's that certainly gets laughs. But um, I mean, I wrote a character a couple of years ago who is practicing his roast jokes because his his employees are roasting him at the holiday party. Mm-hmm. So he just he goes up there and he says, you know, hey, you know, you guys know what a roast is and he's not speaking very loud, you know, clearly or loudly and and uh, hey, I'm going to test out some of my roast jokes and uh, you know, people are on board, they're horrible, you know. But then through those jokes it's revealed um that one of his employees is sleeping with his wife and that he knows that. Right. You know, he starts roasting it, Yeah. Right. So I guess like, you know, and it just sort of, it develops and... So there's a storytelling throughout where you're sort of revealing yourself, but then the jokes are sort of driving that. Right. Those yeah. are reveals. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I typically, uh, you know, approach a character, though, is uh, try, to, try to tell some type of story out there last weekend i did a, a guy who i mean then this is impossible to trick the audience that this isn't a bit but he gets on stage and he, he does the setup for a joke and then right at that moment i had um the audio starts playing from from uh, the sound booth which is my inner monologue or that character's inner mm-hmm. monologue which is just you know oh man what am i doing up here you know and mm-hmm. i start scanning the audience and like what you know, what if this person doesn't like this joke? And, you know, just, like, go through that for three minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're really, you're finding out who this guy is, you know, in his own mind. And then at the end, I just tell the punchline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? But I also, like, I, I, 
the, his inner monologue is debating like whether the punchline will go well or not, and uh, what does he do if it doesn't? Hmm. You know. So when I do the punchline, and then I do what he does when it doesn't go right, it gets a good reaction because right. they've heard him, you know, contemplating it the whole time. Right, and you've set up the premise. I, so I'm curious with that that idea. One of the whole points of one of the tricks to stand-up comedy is to make everyone think that you've never said these words before, you know. Right. And it's still miraculous. Like, it's amazing when someone can do it really well, but it's also amazing to me how many audiences are like, wow, that guy's really quick on his feet. And you're like, (laughs) it's a tightly constructed piece of work that he's put together. Right. But when you have a pre-recorded bit, like, there's no denying that you didn't just come up with that, and yet... For that has to have to work to, to buy into it, they have to sort of go like, oh, we're really... There's a part of them that's like, I know I'm not hearing his thoughts, but they buy into the whole idea, you know? like Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's just, yeah, the, you know... It's a suspension of disbelief. Exactly. It's, it's you know, if, if done well, it's no different than seeing a, a play or a, or a film, or, you know, you just mm-hmm. zone out and believe it for a while. Um so, yeah, I mean, part of it's salesmanship, too. I mean, I really try to sell the those characters up there. Yeah. Like that's really happening, you know. Well, um, and that's why, that's why I say, like, they are, a lot of times it is, like, a, just a short sketch or, you know. Yeah. You know, a short story I'm presenting, but always on the stand-up stage. And, and the thing is, too, I do, you know, what you'd call regular stand-up. I mean, I have, you know... Tons of material that's just from me. Mm-hmm. It's just me trying to... I, I mean, I wish I were better at that. That's like... To me, that's one of the greatest skills in the world is someone who's just really good and smart and, you know, just a hard-working stand-up. Like, that's... To me, that's an incredible, you know? And it always seems effortless. And you always see, like, a, a CK or something and... Or a Carlin, and I, I think a lot of people might think, well, that guy's just naturally funny, and that's just not the case. You know, well, I'm you got sure at it, I mean, though, what you mentioned is to to be, to be build as a stand-up, it's like an athlete. You have to work out at Absolutely. least a few days a week, probably even more than that to get really good. Yeah. And and all those guys, like, they had to be lousy for years. Yeah. Before they yep. got okay. Yeah, Chris Rock is one of my favorite comics, and he, you know, he's really open about being horrible for the first few years, Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's nice to hear that from those guys, um, but, I mean, it's, it's, their work ethic is obvious, you know, the, the really good and successful comics just worked hard, and still work hard, you know, and it took a year, it takes years, you know, it takes, it, it's one, it's a strange thing where, like, it might take 20, 25 years before you really hit your stride in stand-up comedy, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think, like, Louis C.K. is a really good example of that. Like, he's always been really good, you know, and he had a lot of different, you know, kinds of success, but he really didn't hit his stride until, I don't know, maybe it was, like, seven years ago or something, but he was 20 years in when it finally clicked for him. And he, I mean, he's stylistically doing totally different stuff than he was, you know, 10 years ago. Like, he was an absurdist comic. Yeah. And now it's very personal, yeah. story narrative driven, like that. Yeah, I remember him saying it was I either heard it on a podcast or or read it somewhere that when he first started talking about like how his kids were assholes, mm-hmm. um, and he heard the audience's reaction at that moment, he knew he was in a new place, 
and that being in a new place is what makes like comedy superstars Hmm. you know and a lot of times it happens on accident you know but i think you could say the same about like chris rock when he in the 90s when he was massively popular like he found a new a new place that people hadn't explored yet and well bigger and blacker was yeah a huge leap from his first special right right massive gap there actually risk Yeah. yeah right yeah um, in fact, even when I said both of those guys on uh, their SNL monologues, I just thought were so brilliant because like, and comedy is a taste thing, by the way, especially yeah. stand-up comedy. So you subjective. might hate, you might hate that. Sure. You might hate what they said, but just based on their approach, I think it's, it's what's really beautiful about stand-up comedy, which is they just, I think, I mean, they were essentially working stuff out, mm-hmm. you know. On, on live, stuff huge TV on SNL, yeah. right? Live, just doing it in such a cool way too. Like it, they both did some risky stuff. I think Louis C.K. talked about how uh, God was real, which in the comedy community, that's now the counterculture, right? You know, um, and Chris Rock was, you know, he did some the bits about the twin, the new Twin Towers or whatever, yeah. and how in the marathon, why would you ever the Boston go in there? Marathon right. too? And I don't think it was in a like, hey, I want a reaction kind of way. I think I think people confuse, you know, that about Chris Rock. I think he's just he's just looking for new places, you know. He's not trying to offend anyone. He's just trying to look at different point of views, mm-hmm. you know. And sometimes those are going to be offensive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and he, I mean, so I'm, I would love to see what how this applies to your work too, but even like someone like Bill Burr, mm-hmm. I think would be open about, I'm not sure what I think yet. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to say something, and then we're going to figure out what I really think about it, somewhat in reaction to what how I'm talking, you know, because he'll defend both sides of the position in in one set, right? And I think there's some just this is how a comic this is how a comic explores an idea, right? By telling jokes about it and figuring out what they really think, but they're jokes the whole time, like right. You can't say for sure that is literally what that guy thinks. It's this guy going like I'm seeing what, and so I wonder how. How how much you're processing? If you if you do a full like a four minute sketchy bit, or mm-hmm. if you're doing some stand up like just pure Chris doing jokes, mm-hmm. if there's how much is exploring? I'm not sure about this, or how much is just this is just going to be funny and silly, and I just want to do this as a goof. Right. I think uh, I think it's you know, it's really both. You know, I wish I wish I had a definitive answer, but. Sometimes I, it's I need just, something definitive. <laughs> sometimes it's, it is just, you know, you know, the silliest thing that, you know, oh, this this sounds like this and I'm going to, you know, like it's sometimes it's that ridiculous. <laughs> this but, is a dumb word. I want right, to say this dumb right, word a bunch of times. Talk about this dumb word. But yeah, there but then there are there are an equal amount of times that it is, you know, the, there might be a subject that I'm really interested in and and I think I don't know. I, I think like some of the best stand-up comedy throughout the years has come from going against the grain, and that's just I, I think I think that's because you're you're exploring new ways of viewing things, hmm. right? And I think that's what a lot of really good comics do is they, ex- like you said, Bill Burr sees something in its entirety, both sides, and I think that's really important, you know. Um, there are too many people out there that see one side or the other, but I think really good comics who are more social commentators, 
explore the whole thing. You know, I think John Stewart's an example of that. Um, I mean, I guess you know he typically leans left, but he'll. But you can't always count on it. Yeah, right. And, and I think that's because he's le- he's actually thinking about it. Mm. You know, he's sitting down and thinking about it. And yeah, maybe sometimes sometimes he's trying to figure it out on stage too. Yeah, um, like you said about you know presenting both sides. I'll do. You know, I definitely do that. To, you know, sometimes when I when I take that approach, I'm usually angry about something. Though. <laughs> you know, honestly, and I try not to. I try not to bring too much anger on the stage because there's a lot of that in stand-up comedy, and a lot of it's just you know frivolous. Doesn't you know? What could be lazy playing. too? Like you could, yeah, it is lazy. Yeah. It gets a reaction. I think if you're angry on stage, you have to. You have to legitimately be upset about something and confused, you know, mm-hmm. um, and you're trying to figure it out on stage or you're, you know, but I think, yeah, too many comics go up there just to play that role. Well, that, you know, the, you know, we've mentioned Louis C.K., Chris Rock and like Bill Burr and mm-hmm. they're guys with like 30, 40 years under their belt. Yeah. Um, I think maybe 40 is a stretch, yeah. but, and so I think they have the tools to, I mean, most people couldn't go try to work out a bit on SNL like that. That right. is a, a terrible idea for yes, most people horrible. to be like, I'm not sure yet. Here's a great place to try this. Like that right. doesn't make any sense. So I think what happens is someone sees Chris Rock and they're like, well, I'm edgy too. And mm-hmm. then they'll be just inflammatory because they don't really have the toolkit to, right. to really get at a complicated, you know, like, right. There's no, I don't think there's any topics that you can't make jokes about, and I don't think there's any, like, and we've heard everything on, you know, even, like, airline travel, like, that could be very hacky and very, like, I've heard it all. Right. But a comic who really knows what he's doing, or she's doing, can absolutely find something new there. Oh, of course. But the problem is it's a lot of, like, third, fourth year in. Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of shitty comedy. I mean, that's just... uh... Almost every, everything. I mean, I think... Yeah, no, I Every mean, kind of thing. There's right, most right, but, shitty. God, I don't know. It, it It is strange. Again, I'm going back to like an, what an audience, how they perceive it. And a lot of times they think, like I said, you're funny or you're not. You you wait, you know, you were born funny or you or you weren't. Right. You're, you know, you're Chris Rock or you're some idiot at an open mic. And I just, there's more work to it than that. Right. Um, but yeah, when people... But I don't think, I mean, comics don't even know that, you know? Mm. I think a lot of comics don't even know that. And they think, well, yeah, I'm funny and this audience doesn't get me. But when they see, you know, Chris Rock being angry, all they see is him being angry. All they see is that and the fact that people are offended. And so they they mimic that. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, what you should see is, like, not that he's angry, but... um, you know how he's how he's presenting that, you know, and why he's presenting that. Right. Um, it's not just so he can be angry and make people mad. You know, there's a lot more to that. Right. Um, those are just the only two things you you hear or see about, or you know. Yeah. Well, then I think it, he cares about something. Like maybe right. that should be the takeaway. Like right. find the things you care about and then really explore them. Yeah. I'm curious for you because you work in video as well as on stage. Do you write differently for those platforms? Like, how do you think of... I think because it's weird, you know, your live is somehow very word-heavy. Yeah. And then on video, you have to think of the visuals more. Is that true? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question because I, I mean, I don't even. Obviously, there's a there's a difference, you know, with how I write for each one, but I don't even I don't really even necessarily know what it is. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I think I'd like, like you to evaluate it so you're not able to do it anymore. If you could, if you could. I mean, I know, like stand up, just it just has to be more precise, you know, or anything live just has to be more, pre- you know, you know that, like, mm-hmm. it, you just have to. There can't be any wasted words. You know, like some of the greatest stand-ups and um, greatest playwrights don't... They No one wastes words, or you know what I mean? Everything, mm-hmm. every single word means something. Efficiency. Or you cut it, yeah. Um, whereas I think with video, you can cut it in the editing, mm-hmm. you know? So, I don't know, a lot of times when I write, when I write for video, I'm I'm seeing it all, you know? I just... I just to me, the visuals have so much to do with it, you mm-hmm. know, and I like, to, I think about what resources I have, you know, what locations I can use just so I can get the best visual possible, um, and then go from there, um, you know, and then from there, I think it's, you know, a lot, a lot of it's character driven. I mean, I'm not, I'm no, you know, like Woody Allen type when it comes to <laughs> writing, you know what I mean? Or, you know, but there are a lot of people who are, and he's not the only one who like, who write this amazing dialogue, right. you know? And it's like, it, well, that could take place on the moon and it would be the same. You'd right. see the same movie. Right. Um, but, yeah, I just, I think, I guess I think more visually when, I, when I'm doing a video and I think more... Well, do you have a thing where you think of an idea and then you decide, oh, that would work on stage or that would be a video? I mean, like, Baby oh, yeah. Cop, you know, yeah. like, yeah. that's funny to describe... You know, you could like, hey, what if a baby was a cop? Right. That's funny. That's how it started, yeah. But it's, <laughs> right, of course. But it's different to literally have a baby in a police uniform. Yeah. You know, like, that's that's a that's a stronger version of that idea. Yeah. I, I would argue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather watch it than just have someone say, hey, <laughs> what if a baby was a cop? Oh, no. I don't like it just when you say it. I will admit. Because then I get to decide what's happening. And the special yeah, effects right. are amazing. You're right. Explosions uh, and stuff. But if um, you had, like, an idea and then you had to... Oh, it, does, it works here. It doesn't work there. Or... Oh, yeah. You put something on stage and you're like, Oh, no, I guess it doesn't work. And then it actually can have a life on mm-hmm. the screen that you didn't expect. Like, are yeah. there specific instances of that? You know, what can I think of that? Um... And you also, I mean, writing... Music comedy is a whole different thing, too. Yeah, Cause you, that's, uh, cause, that's a whole different beast. Because people will listen for the song and not laugh, right? Isn't that one of the biggest problems, that they don't want to miss anything? <laughs> yeah, that's that's something that, like, Zach and I are really kind of struggling with right now, to be honest with you, because um, comedy music is kind of all the same in the sense where, like, it, it has to be set up a certain way that... Valley that, Meadows, I should say. Is, Valley Meadows, is, right. Is your yeah. rap group. Right, and Zach is, is Zach uh, the other half of mm-hmm. it. But it's, I mean, it's so literal. You know, it's so, like, you, like the Lonely Island, who are, I think those guys are hilarious, yeah. but, like, and they make it good has to be songs. spelled out. And, you know what I mean, that's what comedy music is. It's so you can, so the, the punchline is heard and understood, mm-hmm. so people are laughing. Or kind of, you know... We are in a weird place where, like, we know that that's it almost has to happen for comedy music, but it'd be fun to to not do that. It'd be it'd be fun to uh, it'd be fun, it'd be fun to like have 
some of the music be funny. Uh-huh. You know, the music itself, like the instruments slide and whistles. stuff. And, yeah, I mean... <laughs> boing, 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 boing. Um, <laughs> I think you've solved it. Yeah, hey, there we go. But see, that's why it's so, you know, that's why it's so... It's difficult to try and get around that without... Well, it's difficult to make a funny song without really nailing them over the head with it. Mm-hmm. Um, There's no nuance. Yeah. It's hard to yeah. have nuance. I mean... It is. It, Weird Al is like... Well, pinnacle of comedy music and he makes polkas you know like right. which is not a subtle genre of music right, right. and that's probably his least popular stuff probably too, is I you love know? the polka I, oh, I do too <laughs> I do too but I mean he makes his money off of it's white and nerdy yeah. And, you know yeah it was mostly off white and nerdy it was all Most of his he was money. he was a starving artist <laughs> until white and nerdy <laughs> and he's really never gotten back to his that former glory <laughs> Uh, yeah, Weird Al's, you know, amazing, and and so are, you know, Lonely. There's a ton, Tenacious D. Tenacious D are, they're, they're probably the closest to a group that isn't always trying to smash it over the head, you know, like... Yeah, it was, it, you know, some character-driven and personality-driven, right. and right. the jokes were not all in the words. Right. And right. I do think, like, I've, I mean, I've seen you and Zach, you've played up your relationship as a significant oh, sure. part of that. Sure. When we, well, live, we definitely know how to, we know how to, like, get laughs that aren't, you know, lyrics that are banging them over the head, mm-hmm. you know. But I guess the challenge is how do we get that on an album? You right. Know? How do you create an album and, and do that? Uh, so that's, yeah, that's what we're struggling with now, but. If you're not talking um, literally about balls. Right. Will anyone, right. <laughs> will anyone get the <laughs> yeah. joke? We hate cops, balls. That's, <laughs> No one would get it unless we say it like that. Yeah, it's... Honestly, I mean, like, I think comedy music is probably the easiest to write. Really? Uh, yeah. Because it's just it's just hard jokes? Yeah, because it's just... Yeah, you're just smashing them over the head with jokes. What's the hardest to write of your things? Stand-up. Stand-up's the hardest. Um, because... Will people be put off if you did the same jokes in a song on stage? Because uh, it's too jokey? I don't know, but I just wouldn't want to do it, I guess. I don't know. I'd rather just... Maybe if you just read your lyrics aloud with no music. <laughs> I don't think people would, would laugh. I think that, I think the music kind of compliments the... <laughs> here is a... Here are the lyrics. And now a, balls on the a stage reading from Balls <laughs> on the Ceiling. Yeah. Um, it depends who you have read it. Yeah, that's true. If your kid gets a little older. Yeah. And that reading, from my dad. that reading works. Yeah. My dad uh, wrote this. Dad wrote this for me. To read it. He told me he wrote it for me. <laughs> and here, it's my first time reading it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you know, stand-up's kind of the hardest to, to write, in my opinion. Um, because, like, for sketch or any, a lot of other things, like, you have multiple characters to work with. Mm-hmm. That's, so that's one thing. Or, or you have multiple settings, you know? And in stand-up, I don't know, it's it's just you, you know, there isn't, you can't put yourself in the jungle with too many snakes. Because <laughs> that would be hilarious. You are a premise machine. <laughs> <laughs> What's with all these snakes? <laughs> well, we are in a jungle. End of movie. <laughs> That's a home run right there. Yeah. Copyright. My, that's my idea. You hear that, podcast listeners? Don't steal Chris's 
jungle snake idea or snake jungle. Still workshopping the title. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be a long debate. We can we can go back and forth on that. Yeah. Snake probably, jungle, jungle snake. Probably bring in some people to do punch up on the title. <laughs> snake jungle snake. It's, it's uh, really complicated. Snakes? <laughs> jungle snakes? Is it plural? You know? Right. Well, there are multiple snakes. But maybe there's a big one, so it's jungle snake. That's true. Snake jungles? No, you What's have the snake point that's of view? made out or jungles that are made out of snakes. Oh, that's it. Well, what if snakes that are made out of a jungle? I don't even know how that would work. Whoa. Just a path Whoa. of the jungle. Yeah. I like that. See? Maybe there's no Ideas, snake. people. That's how they happen. And then I'll be the executive. Does it have to be a snake? You know, just change the right. whole And then concept. I'll be like the... The disgruntled artist is like, it's gotta be a fucking snake. It doesn't work. Why don't I make a fucking monkey? Ooh, jungle monkey. <laughs> oh my god, jungle monkey would be good. Then, jungle monkey snakes? Wait a Oh boy. You just got your peanut butter in my chocolate. Uh, <laughs> that was what Reese's did first, as they put snakes and monkeys together in the jungle. <laughs> and then they're like, let's move into the food industry. Uh, <laughs> um... Do you have a, like, do you have any idea about what success, like, what it, a concept of, I mean, that's pretty broad, but I, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like, there's the simple success of you tell a joke on stage, it gets a laugh. Mm-hmm. That means a joke worked. That's mm-hmm. part of the thing I love about a live show, is there's no, there's no, re- I mean, there's plenty of uncertainty and right. insecurity, but you can go test out an idea in front of an audience. Yeah. When you make a video, it's hard really to know. You know, you make it and hope you like it. Like, that's kind of your main vetting. Right. But how how do you think about audience differently in those platforms? Um, hmm. I don't know. I, I guess, like... Or do you never... Who cares? It's not for yeah. them. I'm an artist. Is that it? <laughs> I, I wish I, you know, I wish I didn't care, but obviously I do care, you know, mm-hmm. if people are watching the videos and liking them and if people are laughing. Um, I don't know, I guess, I, you know, they're, they're definitely two different audiences, but I just don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about it, I guess. You just, um, I mean, I, I get more nervous when I'm doing stand-up or doing anything live, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, the nice thing about, like, video is that once it's, once I feel comfortable with it and enjoy it, it's out, mm-hmm. and hopefully other people like it. And I think that would be a cool approach to take with stand-up, and some, some people do. Um, you know, they just I, I get off and they're like, that happened. I'm, yeah, well, they're like, well, I'm, I'm satisfied with what I was talking about, or how I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but some, some really good, you know, comics, I think, take that approach, where it's like, they do it for themselves... But they, you know, they get laughs too. I mean, they. Um, sometimes that's the best way to find find the laughs. Really, you know, mm-hmm. that's when you. Sometimes that's when you find those new places. It's when you go like, you know what? I don't think I don't think anyone's really gonna like this, but I have to say it. Mm-hmm. And then you find out, oh my god, you know, yeah, people do like this. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. But yeah, there's a difference in audience. Um, do you? I mean, you mentioned that for the video making, a lot of the writing or the sort of whatever that correlative is, that happens in the edit. So you can shoot a bunch and then yeah. 
the ideas were fined and honed in the edit. Yep. Yeah, the final rewrite is the edit. Does that... Do you see any similarities to the idea of, like, writing on stage? Which is, like... You know, you oh, can sure. have a whole bit worked out, but then you get on stage and... Yep. It changes or it it grows or it shrinks or whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If, it's, I think they're very similar. Um, you know, it's a very similar process in that way. Uh, a lot of times I'll go up on stage with something that's loose premise. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing that more now because um, I'm okay with failing more than I used to be. So, you know, okay, I'm going to throw this premise out. And if they don't like it, I'll just keep working on it. Um, like for example, I've been doing this joke about the difference between Target and Super Target, and it's never gotten a laugh in one of these damn days. I'll, I'll beat something to the ground. I will, I will find a way. Because in my head, it's so funny yeah. that Super Target... I'm just going to go ahead and like shoot you the problem. Yeah, Super Target, the only difference is that it has groceries. Like That's what makes it super. Like Someone at Target Exact... Like in their office was like, you know, someone's like, "Hey, what should we call this new Target with groceries?" <laughs> and someone stood up and was like, "Super Target! It's a Super Target now." So you didn't laugh either. I think it's the funniest shit. And then I talk about how, um, you know, what a Super Target should be should have like you know bigger aisles and yeah, you know. Um, well, it makes me wonder, like, you know, the Superman got his powers from Earth's yellow sun. Yeah. But it really should be from like a bag of groceries. From, he's from fresh strawberries. Yeah, he just he's just he just yeah, got fresh. some good good produce, and he became super. Well, male. there you go. You know, sure. like that's you just, the only. I think you just wrote that might get the laugh now. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a great punch up guy. <laughs> I don't think of the jokes, but I will fix them. Uh, I love it. No, I, I, I mean, love it. but I lo- see what that's one thing I love about like I don't do stand up. I've done a few sets of imp- essentially improvised stand up. Mm-hmm. I didn't write any jokes, and I. Because I just my brain's I, I have too much editor, mm-hmm. but if I'm on stage, the editor can shut up because it's stuff going on. Sure, but I love the idea of just in just even in like for me like writing a one I play, you can do a thing and you can kind of keep working it and tweaking it and like mm-hmm. I don't know like that is uh, that is part of the artistry to me of of stand up or of comedy is. Like just wailing away at an idea and mm-hmm. until it it's either you find what's in there or like you're broken <laughs> you just like right. you lose you know like yeah something's gonna happen yeah that is what's beautiful about it but that's also what why it takes that much practice and stage time yeah it can take work, years for know? a joke to yeah. finally reveal itself yeah yeah I mean the idea is to never really be comfortable with any of your material and you know have it kind of always be evolving or pushing it aside and just starting starting new stuff you know yeah. I mean the worst thing you can do is um, just keep doing jokes that work and I'm really guilty of this you know like when I go on the road yeah I can tell with that super target stuff you gotta stop leaning on that <laughs> I'm gonna like I'm gonna it's I, a real I will figure it out I'm going to figure <laughs> it out because honestly in my head it's well here's how it started maybe we're just gonna workshop yeah, this let's joke. go back uh, and then will you start a wife... twitter feed for it so we can track the journey of the super target joke <laughs> It has to work. Uh, my wife and I were in the car, and she said, do you want to go to Target or Super Target? Right? Which I thought was just the most ridiculous. That is a really funny question. And she said, do you want to go to Target or Super Target? Because there's a difference. Right. And, uh, and then I said... Do you need grocery bags? Or oranges? <laughs> but then I said, 
I, I said, I say this in the joke. I said, uh, I don't know. Do you want to be saved by a man? You know, or a Superman. Right. Uh, but I don't say that part. Um, and so we ended up going to Super Target. Um, so anyway, that's, but, but to me, to me, that, like, that, when that moment happened, I thought, oh, this is so funny. There's a Super Target and a Target, and people have preferences, you know, and, but the difference is just, I mean, like, nothing. Uh, it's really good. Less and less. Yeah. Like, it's fresh strawberries. I don't, <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. To me, I Aren't just, they all becoming so super? Oh, I they? mean, that's going to ruin everything. I'm going to have to look that up, yeah. Next, we need Uber Target. Yeah, Super Duper Target. Ooh. Super Duper Duper Target? you got to pitch that to the company. <laughs> Forget the joke. Yeah, you're right. You've got I a marketing just, idea. Just seriously, just apply at Target. Well, I, so uh, I'm almost done asking you questions because uh-huh. you're very busy and important. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not. But uh, you have a relatively new little person. Yeah. You made a human life. I mean, yeah. you, you had some help. Made a human, yeah. With my um, wife, I mean, guy how old is he he'll he'll be a year in april so just a year and a couple weeks actually. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that's awesome yeah have have you noticed has that impacted the way maybe the way you write or even like how you think about joke ideas uh, i mean there's the the simple like there's a, just this new person in your house so yeah. there's that new information right yeah, it, ha- it it has a lot. It's affected me, I don't know, it's affected me a lot in my writing. Uh, for one, yeah, I do, just like there's, I can joke about being a dad, and, you know, so like, on the surface, but even, I don't know. I like your joking I, dad voice, by the way. <laughs> hey, I'm a dad. <laughs> Look at my kid, right? Um, Killer. <laughs> yeah, I really nail that dad stuff, man. Um, but... You know, I'm I'm a lot happier now, which, um, you know, I mean, just having a kid is just like, it's just so cool, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, so... You're like, uh, I used to do darker Frankenstein. stuff. Frankenstein. You've created life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Yeah. And I've created a monster. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You I, used to do darker stuff. I used to do darker stuff, but, uh... I don't know. I still, I still have that same dark side and those same thoughts, but I don't know. I, I just view it differently now, I guess. Mm. I, I guess, like, you know, my son is, like, the most important thing. I know every, every dad says something like that, but... No, I agree. Uh, Your son is the most important. <laughs> yeah, everyone. everyone thinks, my mom thinks that, too. Um, but, you know, it's... Jeez, uh, I, don't, I don't even know how to explain it, but I, I definitely feel differently... Um, I write different, um, and of course I like, I work with him, you know, like a, mm. with video stuff, I'll just... Yeah, you, I mean, I'll the just, baby cop thing, you've yeah, I'll made just, you a know, bunch of videos. I, I don't want to stop, I can't stop making stuff because I just, I love it too much, mm-hmm. but I also want to be with my son, you know, Yeah. so, but I'm also like, you know, influenced by him because I'm with him all the time, so then the ideas come from there too, mm. um... So that's why you've been pitching the "what if I shit my pants" idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. I didn't realize that's why. That's why I came up with that. It's not that original. <laughs> what if babies are like drunk friends? <laughs> they grab themselves. I, I'd cite I, I, Chris Buzzfeed I, Knutson. <laughs> I was gonna say I'd, I'd 
I'd credit the comedian who wrote that, but there's too many. Right. There's too many. Um, yeah, no, it, it's it's obviously just way different, you know. I, and again, I can't I can't really explain it, but I I think I'm just happier. I think I just. Is there any? <laughs> so I like this as a closer. Yeah. Is there any fear that, like, if you get so content, you just won't even like want to make jokes anymore? Like, a lot of that oh, desire yeah, to go sure. and entertain an audience. It doesn't loneliness. have to be a not healthy place. Yeah, there's some need yeah, there for sure. Absolutely. So, if, there, are you worried that you will just you'll have so, too much love in your life? <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a nine year old, and I know that's right. sad to hear me because right. trust me, you'll be fine. <laughs> right. No. Um, before I, you know, became a dad, I think I, I was really worried about that. But I don't know. Sounds like a good thing to me if I have if I have too much love in my life mm-hmm. to to do something else. Uh, but I don't see that happening because I, that's not the only thing that drives me, you mm-hmm. know, it's not, um, I'm not, you know, purely driven by like, you know, a need for attention or whatever that is that, uh, that I think an offspring kind of fills. Yeah. You know? When you're know. not like, you don't seem like you're striving for fame. You just want to no. make stuff, right? Yep. At one point I was though, you know, I, I think before before him, and and I, I don't know if it has everything to do with with becoming a father, but it makes you a better person. Some, something changed, yeah. And I just, yeah, I guess I just realized, like you know, what, that's not one that's insanely unattainable, and mm. and the life you have to give up for that, especially in stand up comedy, the really really successful, most of them, again, this, you know, most of those guys don't have kids or anything, you know, like a Bill Burr. Uh, and I love him. But they have you know. great divorces. They have great <laughs> Right. And and that's fine. That's the life they want. That's awesome. But yeah. that's just not the life I want. I want to have a family, you know. Yeah. So and I and I now I understand how trying to become some massive stand up, you know, performer, you just you can't do that and be a good dad in my opinion. You know, unless you're making so much money that you know you could bring them along and stuff. And either way I just don't have interest in that anymore. I just want to make stuff. Yeah. That's it. I I've I've really become at peace, you know, relatively recently with I just I just love making stuff and I'm not gonna stop and I don't really care if people like it or not. I don't care if 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 uh you know, a lot of people like it or a few people, you know, whatever it is. I mean obviously I'd you know, yes, I'd love to have packed shows, you know, but uh you know, this, that's not what drives it, though. It's just... I love that idea. That you just, you, you just got to make stuff. It's not... I think so, okay. yeah. You know? I mean, don't you feel the same way about yourself? Like, do, like, um, or are you trying to, to become famous and... No. Um, I think the same. Like, yeah, I certainly had those ideas, you know, in your 20s yeah, everyone, or whatever. Everyone does, but... Now, mostly, I want people to come to my shows so I have a... a and I want to earn some money to be able to keep making stuff. Yeah, I think it used to be you make stuff to get people to see you, and now I want people to see things I make so I can keep making things. Right, like the, that weird flip that happens. Yeah, um, that's great. I really, I mean, that's awesome. Where do you? What? Where are the internet places people can go? Yeah. Um, you can go to um, you go to YouTube, um, Baby Cop. You could YouTube. You made Valley a lovely, Meadows. a lovely video of the impending birth of your child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a. Uh, Stop motion. A sensation, yes. Yeah. It went viral. Is it valleymeadows.com? Is that a... Uh, yeah, that is a thing. Valleymeadows.com. 
Uh, ChrisKnutsonComedy.com. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, I, I get these, like, program. Like, Zach made the Valley Meadows one, and I made my own. And Yeah. You know, you can make a website, Amy. So, yeah, I've got a few websites out there that are kind of half-assed. And, uh, so if someone sees a half-assed website, it's probably It's yours. mine. Okay. It's mine, for so that's sure. that's fair. Uh, I probably made it on my on Adobe <laughs> my, that I'm still trying to figure out. Yeah, ChrisKnutsonComedy.com. You can, whatever, Baby Cop, YouTube. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Check that out. Uh, Check them out. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for talking to me. Thanks for having me. This yeah. Is your, uh, this has been a lot of fun. All right, all right. <laughs>